0: Welcome back to the Mid HOCKEY podcast, James. I think we need to start the show with a little bit of an apology. This is mostly a joke, but it's not one hundred percent. Okay. Um, Josh Bailey and maybe Anthony Biville. <laughs> it, it turns out Ross Johnston as well. Um, turns out it wasn't their fault. Turns really? out it wasn't their fault. I. I It could be something else. I think we need to figure out what that is. Maybe we will during the course of this episode, but it turns out it wasn't just those two players and the oft scratched Johnston who made this team who we are, who they are, and and who we're seeing right now. Um, How do you, I know it's again, it's mostly a joke, but how do you feel about that as an idea? that it's, it's it's so much more than any one individual kind of playing poorly.
1: Well, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And that all has to do with, you know, you, you might have – you always say the Islanders are, are more than some of their parts. Um, you know, you have to have the right leader, though. You have to have the right guy behind the bench. And, look, I don't necessarily think that Lane Lambert's a bad coach. Um but I don't think he's the right one, at least not right now, because he hasn't shown me anything, right? Like a couple of things about Barry Trotz, you know, one, he came in as one of the winningest coaches in the, in the NHL. If you're going to have a team that lacks star power and scoring ability, but can be a defensive juggernaut and have the best goaltending the, in the NHL, you could kind of see how that might work. That's not happening under Lambert. And, and the other thing too is like, he hasn't done anything. That has like created a spark like he one of the things that Barry Trotz did right away when he came in as the Islanders head coach, if you remember, if memory serves, you know, he, he had said to his former teammates or or his former team that he coached, first thing he said to them was loved winning a cup with you guys. You want to do it again? You're going to have to come through the fucking island. Oh, it's the where rallying is, cry from where there. is that? Where was that from Lane? Right? It and, was a different honest, it was a different
0: opportunity for Lane when he came in. I also like that we're starting the show like this. We'll get back to the notes in a second. I, I think yeah. it was a different opportunity for him. He he's he was had to prove himself in a very different way. Sure. And uh Trotz didn't have to do any of that. He he came I, in I think and he that was that's
1: that's accurate. However, what what my feeling on this is he has to find, and again, like you're saying, different circumstances. But he has to find his rally cry for something, right? Because more often than not, like right now, you know who was rally crying? Casey Zizigas. You don't like what is going on in front of you? Go home. We don't need that shit in the stands, right? Where's that fire from Lambert? Because if he gets a little fiery, the players going to get a little fiery for him. And all of a sudden, they're going to start playing better hockey you're not really seeing that from Lane Instead, do, you,
0: do you think that's true though because I I, I, I want I wonder if they they really need I mean what he's doing now isn't working so maybe you're right I, I wonder if that's the the step
1: that they need though and what I think, I'm seeing go ahead. what I'm seeing is a coach on the panel night in and night out who's I don't want to say emotionless that's not the right word but lacks a fire. In that emotion and doesn't really have too much emphasis on urgency for this team whereas you know with with another coach in uh or in, in a different situation a couple of years ago when trots first came in right away it was you're gonna have to fucking come through us from from lambert it's i hope we do better it's never oh we're gonna be better Oh we're going we're going to get this sh- this shit straightened out. It's-
0: the the way, the way the way that I think about it sometimes is when when they're playing angry hockey it's often unfocused. And and that's what they're playing now. They're already right. largely unfocused. So they need to find that middle ground. And and I think maybe in 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 a slightly different for in in slightly different phrasing they need to play energized. I like the word urgent. I like that. I like that word for this team because that's who, I mean, again, you think about this team over the last 10 years and going back to that Pittsburgh series in 2013 and, and that short season, they were that especially the fourth line and they might not be able to be that, that anymore. Clearly they can't, but, or at least not every single game, which you can go listen to an earlier episode of this season. And, and we would have, we both said that. And I know uh, we weren't the only ones saying that. But they're lacking that energy overall. They're not out there. Um, they're not hard to play against. And I hate that. That makes me sound like a Neanderthal hockey commentator where it's it's not even necessarily about toughness either. They're just they're not hard to play against anywhere on the ice. And that was a staple of this team. And the roster has changed a lot. But that's ultimately what made this team good, at least in two zones. They really needed the help on offense, and I don't think that they've – I don't want to say risk. That's not the right word, but they haven't transferred all this. They're not scoring a ton of goals, in other words. They're not outscoring their problems. They're giving up a ton of goals and then also not scoring. So even though some personnel has changed, main, um, mainly Bavillier and Bailey for Horvat and Engvall, it it's still – They're still not scoring enough on a regular basis, obviously. Getting shut out by, I don't even who, I can't remember who played for the Edmonton Oilers the other night, um, Skinner. Both goalies are terrible. I don't think the other guy guy that that, uh, came up after Campbell was waived, I I don't even think he's come up yet in in, a game. And if they can't get up for that game for a team that's that bad, maybe it is the coach. Maybe maybe it is. They don't. I I love again. I love that word, that urgency word, the energetic play and uh, toughness to a degree. Again, just difficult to play against.
1: And and what was most alarming too was against that Oilers team where you know just last night, two nights ago, as you're hearing this, they came out hot, scored thirty seconds in Matt Barzell. Right, They were all over the Oilers, and suddenly they they let off the gas, and that was it.
0: Well, they're letting little things derail their game. It's a penalty here and there. It's even a goal against. They're not able to rebound. And again, I don't know, and I said this last season, I think a big part of it is Lambert at this point, because you can't change all the players. You can't change the on-ice leadership overnight. You can change the coach. It's a lot easier. I don't know what his contract looks like. I don't know what. Ledecky or Malkin want to continue to pay out. Um, but that, that focus, it used to be that they couldn't start the games. Now they can't maintain that focus because they're coming out and doing it. And then they're letting these little road, th- th- you know, speed bumps completely derail their game. And And that to me comes from behind the bench. You need somebody back there that's Um, you need someone that can energize you, but that can also calm you down. He's he's not able to walk that fine line that it seemed Trotz was fired up behind the bench, but he seemed to find the moments when he could settle everything down. Whether that was between periods or on the bench.
1: And and that's the thing. He he was able to figure out a way to curate that anger into energy on the ice. It didn't translate from anger to anger between coach to player, but it translated from anger to energy, from coach to player in the sense that the player was more motivated to play a better game rather than play an angry game. That's honestly, any of that is absent from the Islanders currently. They're not even playing angry. They're playing awful. There was something about Trotz's ability to get angry at, you know, let's say a referee or, or a situation or, or something like that. And it didn't translate to player anger. Instead, it just turned into, okay, we got to be better on the next play. There's none of that happening on this current Islander team right now. Um, look, hindsight's twenty twenty, and and we, we can say, you know, we, we we can pass judgment on on the coaching. It, it's just you know the the we're almost at a hundred games of sample size here with Lane Lambert behind the bench. It's just not good, it's, and I,
0: and I think because a lot of the conversation after Trotz left was, and, and maybe it was more of a narrative than the, than the truth, and Lamarella would never tell you anyway. What was that? the islanders were afraid of losing lambert so it was better to just bring him up and part ways however amicably with trots and bring him up i think the the mistake is he's probably he probably is a good coach and an up and coming head coach in this league just not with a team that lacks talent and that desperately needs structure and a sense of urgency to be successful, because you saw a team again. Even I don't know the the last of the Tavares years, um, a team that could score a lot of goals, but didn't have that structure defensively. And eventually, it it, it didn't quite even out. It was still um, more on the conservative side of things when when obviously when Trotz was around, but. It wasn't like they didn't score any goals. Like they obviously won hockey games. They they figured out whatever that formula was that that very thin line that they needed to to walk on. Um, but like the the roster, I guess it's so much different than it fourteen fifteen. Right? You really can't. There's some players that have been around for that long, but by and large, it's different. But the DNA of the team kind of remained the same, and that's that's why I keep bringing up 2013 really fight night. Uh, 2011, I think, where it was truly forged, and it took a couple of years for the talent to kind of catch up to that and build around what that was, uh, having you know, a buy-in from the entire team. But since then, that the, the DNA just didn't change for for ten years, up and a little less than because last year it was different, and this year is different. The whole ethos of the team, who they are, is different. I guess my question is who is who are these Islanders? What's their identity? And I, and I don't think that's a question we've had to ask ourselves in years. We knew no. exactly who this this team was, and now they completely lack identity. Who 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 are they?
1: And that's the thing, right? The, unfortunately, the identity has become a team that breaks down way too often rather than a team who is a pain in the ass to play against defensively. Like, you know that when you're going to Long Island or if Long Island's coming at you, that you're in for a tough matchup. Teams aren't thinking that anymore. And, and we're talking about, again, two nights ago, they played the Oilers, who are sputtering. Like, worst in the NHL right before, you know, before last night's game, before last night's win. I think they're, they're flipping back and forth with the Sharks now. Worst team in the NHL. Granted, yes. Are they actually as bad as their record indicates? No. They have Connor McDavid. They have Leon Dreisaitl. They have some powerhouses on that team. However, that's a team that does not have their shit together. And, well, if they're beating the Islanders, who are now losers of five straight, if they don't have their shit together, what does that say about the Islanders? They don't have their shit together either. So you're looking at a team right now whose identity is... Yeah, we're, we're that team that doesn't know how to finish. We'll, we'll score a goal, maybe two, take a lead, and squander it. No one's worried when we're holding a lead. And that's the problem.
0: They're just lost in general. There's no structure anywhere. Um, The, the team did need to loosen up, but this went way past that. The last 100 games, let's call it. I'm not exactly sure. I'm sure we're, yeah, 82 plus. I mean, with the playoffs, yeah, I mean, we're, we're right at that mark. We're in the high 90s. This is who they are. Even adding in, you know, having fashion break out a little bit. You do lose Parise, who I think was a big part of that identity. Dare I say a lunch pail mentality. Um, but he wasn't the only one. It was, you know, it was players around him. It wasn't one player doesn't make or break the an identity of the team. But you also don't have Lee performing where he should. You you have a fourth line that isn't really maybe outside of Sizikis bringing it every single night. So you you really you really lost the core of that identity. Maybe there's four five players that made up a chunk of it, and that's uh, there's you know twelve players on offense. That's almost half. Half of them can't bring it. Angvall sure shit doesn't do it for all the good that he does. Every, every single game, I sit there and think this is exactly what people in Toronto were trying to tell us when he came to this team. For however big and strong he is, he just is so passive when another body gets close to him. He very rarely win those wins those puck battles unless he already has position. He's he he just doesn't know how big he is. He's like a great Dane. He just doesn't. He's just walking into stuff, and he has no idea how big he is. And when he can really cause the scene and and be successful, he just doesn't do it. That's not Horvat's game. Palmieri brings it a little bit. Um, Nelson's backed off a little bit. I've noticed that he's not nearly as physical. Um, Pajot has been good in the dot. That's it. So like, even some of the players that you could just depend on being good, even in a very specific role, haven't been there. And then you have some new guys that are not bringing it the same way and shifting that identity a little bit. And, And a coach who can't redefine who this team is. The identity can change. I don't think that's the argument. But you have to have one. And right now they're just meandering. They're lost. They're they don't have any energy. There's no no rhyme or reason to it, other than the mistakes. We're clearly seeing the mistakes, but even the success we're not seeing. Well, what what's the thread? And, and maybe you have, so maybe tell me. I don't know that I've found the thread for what they're fi- what what actually is adding to success or adding up to success. The games that they've won, the goals that they're scoring, it seems very haphazard that they're just. I mean, everyone's gonna score a goal. You're gonna score a goal eventually. I don't know that there's a there's there's nothing like oh okay this type when they get into this mindset and they're really forechecking or they're cycling or this or whatever. Maybe the second line because they have that chemistry. I don't know any other line that's doing that though. There's just.
1: Well, I think this, that's it. I I think that I think that is it. I think it's when the second line is going, they get uh. A power play goal, Noah Dobson is going, and Sorokin or Volomov steal a game. All five of those things have to happen in order for the Islanders to win right now. That that's what it feels like, right? They're doing this right now. Like the games they won were in spite of um, you know, Barzell and Horvat chipping in. Like they're 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 losing the games that Barzell and Horvat are, are chipping in, you know, so really right now it needs to be a perfect storm for the Islanders to win a game. Like it's, it's, it's concerning.
0: And on top of that, Sorokin isn't stealing them games.
1: No, but you know, the thing is, and and this is what I was thinking about when, when you were just speaking a, a little earlier, you know, last season when Lane Lambert took over, the emphasis was put on, we have to play faster. We have to play more offensive. And he tried to change the system a little bit. It reverted back at some point to a a more defensive system because that wasn't working. But now I just wonder if everyone is confused. What is the system? Are we playing a defensive system? Are we playing an offensive system? What is our system? And that's what I wonder. I wonder if there's just confusion as to what kind of team are we? How are we supposed to play our game? Are we supposed to do the things that we did under the Trot Lambert tutelage, or are we doing the things that we're doing under the Lambert tutelage alone? And that's what I think could be going on right now. I think that can be part
0: of it. I, you'd think, after a year, though, that Lambert and his crew and the Islanders, right? It's not like Horvat got here the beginning of this season or angle got here at the beginning of this season or, I mean, like Gautier, I guess. And the other guy who hasn't really played, he's in the A. Um, so it's really just him. He's like the the only new player. Um, fashing has been around. Um, Holmstrom and Wallstrom have been around. It's it's not like there's, there's not a whole lot of new people that haven't been here for almost 12 months. Now, granted, the summer was a little longer than anyone would have liked. Um, but they they've they've had tons of practice. They they have tons of of um you know chalk talks and video sessions and all, all sorts of things. If you don't know it by now, if you as a coach now, if you as a player don't understand what the coach is saying, that's a problem. Players need to do that. But it could be the communication of the coach and that it's not landing with the players. And it could also mean that whatever he's saying just isn't good and they're doing what he is saying. I mean, if you take his words at, at face value and not dig deep like he's just bullshitting everybody, which I, I tend to believe, they're doing what he's he's saying, oh, we've done a lot of good things. That leads me to believe that they' they're playing he, they're playing the way he wants them to play. They're just not getting the results that they want. And it's a result based game you have to win hockey games and you have to do it consistently. You can't, they haven't had, they have now three after the loss to the, the Oilers, they have what three points in the last six games. And now they're on the road and that could be a disaster for this team or could be exactly what they needed. Now that has not started that way. So hard to kind of chalk it up to that where it could be exactly what they needed. But the rest of the trip and the games they're playing are all very winnable games. We said that last week. You were you were going to run into a tough team in the Boston Bruins. The Capitals were going to come out against you because they were embarrassed the last time you played them. You had like six shots and eight goals somehow. And Edmonton, there's no excuse. I'm, I'm not sure what happens there. You played like shit. Um, but the rest of this trip, you have an opportunity. You just need to play. You need to play well. I think after this trip is, that's the American Thanksgiving. Maybe they steal a couple points here and there. Um, hopefully not just in overtime losses and shootout losses or whatever. Um, and they're all Western Conference teams, so I'm not really worried about losing points to uh, you know competitors trying to get into the wild card race or something. But if if they don't, if they don't. Win a uh, win a few of these games, and and I put it in a Twitter poll on our on our account, and you know like what happens after this trip if they don't play well, you know, is is does Lou go? Does nothing happen because of Lou? Does Lane go? Are there roster moves? And a lot of people pointed to Lane because it's the easiest one. It's pulling the goalie, as I heard someone say recently. That's the modern equivalent. It's just a really easy thing to change. I think. And I don't have a good grasp on this. Maybe maybe you do. Who do they replace him with? Like John Hines is available.
1: Um there's a lot of people who tend to believe that what went down in Edmonton is not Jay Woodcroft's fault.
0: I also heard that.
1: You know, so, I mean, look, the Oilers were fantastic last season. They couldn't buy a save. He, doesn't a-
0: he have the the best winning percentage as a coach and like, potentially? Team's history? Yeah. I'm and not this not is, like, the their, their sure. team that won five cups, right? They've also yeah. had 10 coaches in 13 seasons. So, if he has a big enough sample size, it's possible. And he was getting real primo Dreisaitl and McDavid, not all the coaches of the last few years had that luxury. Um, there was a time when Dryside, all that deal where he, where that he just signed wasn't the best thing. Um, and he definitely exceeded expectations on that. But so you think um, Woodcroft,
1: maybe John Hines. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, Woodcroft is a, a viable um, option out there. Personally, if you're asking me if anything's going to happen, nah, no, I don't think anything's going to happen. I think that this, this is going to be, I don't know, they're going to ride this out for some strange reason. Um, that's just a gut feeling. I don't Do you think any... the
0: Islanders are just going to keep crossing their fingers and whatever happens, they could be out of it by the end of the month or mid-December at this point?
1: Yeah. I've been given no reason to believe otherwise, right? Last season, when Lamorello acquired Bo Horvat, it was leading up to, you know, the potential playoff run, which they eventually did go on. But, I, you know, Lamorello doesn't strike me as the type to strike early uh, in order to fix a problem that's clear because he believes in his group. Not recently. He has done things like that in the past on other teams. Right. I'm talking about his Islanders sample size. His Islanders sample size in his later years of being a GM. These things have been, you know, they, they rode themselves out and he's been perfectly okay with saying over and over again, I believe in this group, I believe in this group, they'll turn it around. Say what you will about whether they do or they don't. Your definition of success is your own. Sometimes they have, sometimes they haven't. And there's just something, despite, you know, we've, we've had this conversation, despite this team looking better on paper than it has in a little while, something's up, something's missing. And, you know, not that they have the dollars. They don't but i look at you know a team like the minnesota wild was quick to address a need they needed a penalty killer they went out and got Zach bogosian small under the radar move but it was a, something that they did right um a couple of the trades happened recently that other teams addressing needs i don't see any reason or i don't see any problem with addressing a need early if you have to and if you're not going to fire the coach because you know, let's let's face it. Even if it's not the coach's fault, it just happened in in Edmonton. Someone has to be the sacrificial lamb. Something has to change, right? You can't just continue to go down this path.
0: Well, it's just and, if I'm a player and nothing's happening, it just seems like there are no consequences, right? right? Some nothing is nothing, and now they and they should. I'm surprised that the Bavillier thing and the Bailey thing are not still resonating that even though it happened months and months ago and, you know, last season um, that they're not, it's not still in the back of their minds. Like, Oh, any of us can just go as difficult as it may be to find a landing spot. You don't want your boss to want to move you. You don't want your general manager. You know, you, when you're coaching your general manager, are having conversations about the success or lack of success of your team and, and the players, don't want to have your name in, in their mouth. You don't want your name in their mouth. So they, I'm really surprised it's, it's going to take more. There's a, like something else needs to happen for you to get your shit together. You need another player to leave or, you know, their family and all this shit, you know, that Casey was saying about when you come for one of us, you come from, for all of us. And all that in theory is, is fantastic. Um, but you're you're there to do one thing. You're there to win hockey games and ultimately the Stanley Cup. And you're getting further from that. Every team that is bad goes through this. I'm not saying we should be throwing jerseys on the ice. No. But, you know, there's a level of frustration. We are the customer.
1: The thing is, you know, and again, going back to other teams not being afraid to address a need, you know, now looking at what's going on, you, you, you look around the league right Right now, a couple teams are willing to sell, namely Calgary. One of their defensemen, Nikita Zadorov, wants out. Another one of their defensemen, Noah Hannafin, was on the verge of a long-term extension. That's dead. Nazim Kadri just said, "If we're rebuilding, I'm out. I'll waive my NTC." Right, so there's there's options, right? There are going to be players available.
0: Yeah, how do the Islanders do that?
1: Well, you got to get creative, and this went. But this goes back to our our conversation last week, where the Islanders need their Dubis or their Dubis moment. The Penguins couldn't afford Eric Carlson. Make it
0: happen. He did. Yeah, I think that's where you know. So I asked that question, and the response to my own question is that's lose fucking job. It's not our job to figure out how to and be on friendly and be armchair right. GMs. Like he has one job: make the team right. good.
1: Exactly. I don't want to have
0: to. There, there. To your to your point, there are options. Do literally anything.
1: Right. And, and, and I'm not saying do anything for the sake of, of change, for 100%. The sake of doing anything, make a calculated move. The blue line is suffering. Well, there's a really good two way defenseman who can transition the puck. Well, and Noah Hannafin out there, he's going to cost a pretty penny. You're going to have to move some money around. But like you just said, it's not our job to sit on cap friendly and figure out who's going to go where that's his job. And I don't think we're asking anything unreasonable either, right? This is literally his job. This is literally his job. The fact of the matter is that, yes, he put himself in a position where he has all of these long-term contracts that might be difficult to move. However, that doesn't mean that they're immovable. Anybody can move. Anybody. Wayne Gretzky was traded, and I understand the circumstances were different. No move clause, no trade clauses were not a thing. Whatever. That doesn't matter because... Other GMs have proven that they can make those things happen. Namely, Kyle Dubas, who did it with Eric Carlson. I keep referring to that one because it's like the biggest, most recent one I could think of. But it's just it's just the truth. It's not the only example. There are others. But the job of the GM is to make the team better. And all stemming back to this summer he has done has maintained his mediocrity, mediocrity. And. I get, you know. Different team because we have Horvat for a full year. Different team because we have Engvall for a full year. Well, guess what? The other teams from those playoff runs, they also made trades leading up to the trade deadline. But over the summer, they made some other moves to to come into the season and be a little bit better. Not everybody's yeah. a Vegas Golden Knight team that can just sell off Riley Smith to Pittsburgh, resign Ivan Barbashev, come back essentially the same and come out of the gates the way that they, they have it, it's we're, we're talking about that as a main storyline in the NHL right now, because it's so rare that that happens, that a team goes unchanged and, and performs the way they are, especially, especially after a deep playoff run, they won the frigging cup. But if you decide that, oh, I could just keep, I could just keep this roster the way it is just because I believe in them, look. I, that's magic del- beans. You know, like it's, that's, it's, that's it's, bullshit. Right. Right. You have to, if you see other teams around you making impact moves for their teams. I mean, you know, look at, um, look at the Rangers. Like they made a small move in acquiring Eric Gustafson, who's playing excellent on their blue line. Didn't the Isler, wait, wasn't he on Yes. He was on a PTO. They released him. Not this season. Last. All right. I mean, that's long enough. I don't know how he played last season, but... He was with Chicago. Played pretty well. Um, God. It's these little things that they could do to make improvements aren't happening. You got to do something.
0: I think it's a matter of being creative as well and being willing to be creative and do some things, you know, as you referenced the the Vegas Golden Knights. And if you you've done this before. They've made unpopular moves. They won a cup, though. They made it to the, the cup final one year. They got that taste, and they just wrote it. And they said, "We're anything less than that is is failure." They missed the playoffs, and they right then they they missed the playoffs, and then won the cup in the next year. Now they missed it by a point or what a win or something. It was very very close. And then they come back next year and 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 win the cup. They figured it out. They didn't just sit there and said, well, the cap is flat, maybe next year. If that was the case, and I think we even had this conversation, it, it's very possible we just like don't need to do anything. If they're not going to make any moves, maybe we talked about this over the summer. See you next year. I think I, I tweeted about it. Was it was me, me, me and Cappellini or me and somebody. I was like, if, if this is just what it's going to be, see you next year. We'll have the same conversation next April it's a, it's irrelevant. You're you're not doing anything. And uh, it's unfortunate and and Lamarello even said as much that he made some of these moves thinking the cap would go up. Well you but you had time when some of these players may have had value. Uh, and I'm I'm not including Lee in that conversation just yet, but Pajot I don't know that he has value off the island. I don't know that it's possible to move him without attaching I don't know what you need to touch. You're going to give up another first-round pick, and then you still need to f- find someone to fill the s- the slot. Which you know, if there's a player on the on the Bridgeport Islanders that's a center, that on a two-way on a um, on an NHL-NHL deal, you can bring them up and and kind of move Cizikas up and start, really start moving your roster around. But I don't know. Is that worth it? Do you just make the do you just call it? And maybe that's their approach. I don't know. That's the right one. It's only November. The season is six weeks old, seven weeks old. You're just in a call already. And they're gonna ride it out. They'll do a coaching change and after the season. And um Clutterbuck and Martin will be gone. Maybe they can move some deals when the when the you know, a Pajot or whatever, um in the off because the caps going up and other teams can take take the deal but even like Anaheim wasn't interested the coyotes were no one was interested in this guy I'm not saying you just trade him for future considerations but because he's not as good as patchy Reddy who apparently just you just move that guy but like it can happen I the, maybe maybe your 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 underlying point or your main point here is that he just didn't want to he just right. didn't he chose not to do it
1: i'm still waiting for that future considerations to go back to uh the the golden knights from carolina for that trade that they just handed him over granted look again hindsight's 2020 he didn't play the whole year because of a ridiculous injury that hampered him but they didn't know that that was going to happen no one did you know and and what was it a, a dodged bullet sure you, you, you can't sit here and convince me, oh, lamarillo knew something was up with, with Reddy. Nobody knew. He got injured after the fact.
0: So. Yeah, and he has made good non-moves. I think it was, um, looking back, hindsight now, um, whether or not he knew at the time, I don't know how much credit you want to give him. We've had this conversation a little bit as well. You know, Kadri or Goudreau, boy, those look great. Those non tinies look real good right now. I am not upset. At all, they may have played really well next to Barzell. Irrelevant. I am real happy with Horvat over those two players. I know it was months apart and all sorts of stories, summers, and all of that, but I'm way happier that there was a little bit of patience, and he got a, a Lemieux got a player that is really working out. You know his his point total anyway, and his impact on the team is noticeable. They're not winning hockey games, but it's, you can't put that on one player. It's that that wouldn't that wouldn't be right. Um, and him and Barzell are playing OK. Um, Barzell is on a typical pace. Um, so is Horvat. He's on pace for like 30 plus goals or whatever. Um, there's a lot of good things going for the team. I think Nelson is well, is as well. Um is having a, a, a good season, but it does seem like at a certain point they're just going to bail it in. If You're not willing to actually make any kind of moves that might be unpopular with even with the fans. I'm not saying that doesn't mean trade Sorokin or, or Barzell, obviously, but I don't I don't know who that could mean. It could mean Andersley. I think it'd be really hard to move him, but it, it could mean having to consider shit like that. And and it doesn't seem like they're willing to do it. And then for the the Going from GM and coach to the players, what's your take on how Sezikis, and we touched on this for a second, Sezikis and Clutterbuck uh, commented on the fans' frustration? If your GM and your coach aren't going to be there to answer, and then you're not going to be able to respond either when you play like shit, it's really hard to swallow either one of those comments, frankly. I, I didn't... Um, I, I, pro- if I were them, I just wouldn't have said anything and I would have kept it to myself. W- what's your, what are your two cents on that?
1: It's a tough situation for, for Zizekas to be in, you know, he's asked the question, did you hear it? Um, fact of the matter is that he has a different kind of relationship with Lane Lambert than anyone that's asking that question or sitting in those stands will have, he likes the guy, he plays for the guy and, you know, even if he's not playing fantastic for the guy, that relationship is, you know, he that's captain speak. You, know, you Occasionally he'll wear a letter depending on, you know, if someone's out, but letter or not, he is a leader in that locker room. And he's basically trying to say, hey, don't look over there. Look over here. Look at me. I'll make this think we're not playing. Well, it's not on him. Make of that what you will. But that's what that was.
0: I think it's fine, opinion. but then, then to say that the fans shouldn't say that and then stay home. And he and he walked it back earlier today. A, at least a little bit. But I don't I don't know I think you don't touch it. I think you say, I think you say what you said. Yeah, I mean it's on the players. We, on the it's on it's the the product on the ice that's most important and we're responsible for that. And it has nothing to do with it's disappointing to hear, but Ultimately, the responsibility is on the players on the ice. I just thought of that right now. Are you telling me you couldn't, he couldn't bullshit that? And I like – he might be my favorite Islander, especially from this era. He might be my favorite Islander. He's been the most consistent, has played all sorts of roles, whatever is anyone's asked of him. Talk about a lunch pail guy. Huge impact for a really long time. Um. This is the first season we're seeing a different case of Sezikis as far as his play has dropped a little bit. Take that out of the equation. It, it's nothing but good. It's nothing but good. So, Clutterbuck evened it out a little bit. What did you think of what what he said? Which was a, obviously a little more mild than what Sezikis had to say.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the reason for that is, you know, he's got to put out the fire a little bit, you know? So, Look, it was fine, what he said. It, it, you know, it it certainly didn't make headlines like it did for Zizekis. Um But, again, it's just, it, it's literally just everyone in that room. And, if, you know, those, those are the, those are the long, some of the longest tenured Islanders at this point. You know, Sezikis and, and Clutterbuck, they're upset. You know, this isn't the way, this could be their last year. This well, not Suzikas, but Clutterbuck. This could be Clutterbuck's last year. This could be Martin's last year, right? This could be Suzekis' last ride with his buddies. They're wearing their hearts on their sleeves a little bit right now. They're they're definitely frustrated at at the way things are playing. Is that frustration translating well onto the ice? No, it is not. Um, but I think that's what that is. You know, some frustration that if this is in fact the last year that they're gonna be together, that the the band is gonna be, you know, on that line. This isn't the way they want to go out, and so you know that that's maybe why Sizika said what he said, and why Clutterbuck is like, okay, let's reel it back back in a little bit. Although he's not that wrong, you know, and that's not me saying he's not wrong. That's you know Clutterbuck saying, you know, yeah, we don't want to hear that, but you know, again, that the 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 onus is on the players. You don't want to hear that. Yeah. You got to perform better you got to do you got to do better in front of you and and it's it's difficult to be in that position where this is this is potentially our last ride and this is the way we're going out that sucks we don't want to hear that but that's 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 what we're that's what we're putting out on the ice in front of you so that's what you're going to get
0: bet the action on the ice with draftkings sportsbook download the app now and use code THPN New customers get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 186 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-888 hope new york or text hope new york four six seven three six nine in connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 100 68 hours after issuance. See dkng.com/slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved.
2: The holidays are the most chaotic time of the year. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. Raycon's wireless earbuds are some of the best bang for your buck earbuds you can get on the market right now. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features, like a 32-hour battery life, and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And in this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon Power Tech. Their 5-star-reviewed Magic 180 Cable allows you to charge iOS, Micro USB, and Type-C devices 8 times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality audio and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with the select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Speaking of the fourth
0: line and when, you know, that it could be their their last ride, um, we got a sneak peek of what, you know, the uh, possible changes and the fourth line not being together. And they were all, in theory, healthy. Um, Some lineup changes heading into the game in Edmonton, Martin out, coach in Fashing out. Wallstrom in, um, it didn't work, but could you see more changes coming? Uh, we asked for accountability and some changes started to happen. Some players were in and out of the lineup. The last few games, um, Lane, if you're listening, love that you're, uh, a listener of the show, um, but what do you think of these moves? Even though they didn't work, and do you see more coming?
1: Well, what well do they have to go back to now?
0: They I mean, you can to... you can move some things around a little bit sure. more.
1: No, you're you're right. Um, but what what are who are they going to put in at this point? You know, you 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 want new blood in the lineup? You're going to have to reach down into Bridgeport. Um,
0: and you don't I really have you, the room to do it. You don't have the I, ro- literal roster space or the money.
1: Yeah. You, you tweeted this from the NHP account, but Iskakava is playing great 10 points in 12, uh, 12 games. Um, you know, do you reach for, I don't know, uh, uh, Robin Salo, who's shown some flashes on the blue line? There, there's not too much depth in <laughs> Bridgeport either, quite frankly. Um, how is he? William DeForest a goal and uh, t- two assists in nine games.
0: Yeah, and, and and Bridgeport scoring goals from what I'm seeing. It's not like they're going in and getting yeah uh, goose egged either. They just lost yeah. five four to Syracuse uh, earlier today, yesterday. Um I think it was earlier today. Yeah. Um. So it's not like they're not scoring goals, and he's just not in on it. Um. Oh, that's exactly. Sorry, that's exactly it. They're scoring goals, and he's just not in on it somehow. Maybe he's playing well in other parts of the ice. Uh, a little hard to keep track of. I guess go go check out uh, up the turnpike and our, our buddy Mitch over there for some prospect news. But um, yeah, I don't know if you go get you know if you try to move, you can waive uh, Holmstrom and and bring up Ishkakov, but I don't know if that's necessarily the right move. The next thing for me is. Fashing Suzekis and Goche as a fourth line to, to really see if that works and see if that balances out anything. Maybe you get a couple more penalty killers or uh, you know uh hopefully one of them plays on the PK if if Clutterbuck is out and try to it's really the last ditch effort to to have the most turnover on the roster to see if that's even it. Is it the old guys that just don't have it anymore, or what? I'm not sure. That's really after that. I don't. I don't know. I think you're dead in the water. By the time they figure out that it didn't work, the season's over for them. It's December or Christmas or whatever, and it's it's done. They're cooked. Um. But it's another loss against a really bad team. Um. Where do they go from here? What are you know the I, I um I tweeted the a little bit of the joke uh, and I, I said that's how we would start the show. You know, what do the Islanders do now? Where do they go? Um, are they cooked? Um, is time running out? And uh, I'd love to get to some of the questions because I know you have a, a short evening here tonight. Um, so I, I want to kind of go through that question quickly and. Then we'll finish up with some questions.
1: Quite frankly, they can't, you know, mail it in. They have to build on what they got because their core is signed for quite a while. You have both Barzell and Horvat in the first year of their eight-year deals. Um, you have Lee for the next three, well, two seasons after this. Um, you have Engval for the next seven, uh, Sezikis for the next three, you have Pelican Puluk for the next six and seven Mayfield for the next seven, uh, Sorokin for the next eight. Where's this core going? Nowhere. So you're gonna have to build around those guys. Gonna yep. have to continue pushing for playoff opportunities. I mean, do do you settle for that mushy middle, trying to accrue some draft picks in the teens and hope that they work out to be a David Pasternak? I mean, they need something in that regard. Right. They need
0: they need to get some first round draft picks here and here and there. Right. So it'll uh it'll be interesting. Um. I agree. They, they got to do something. There's there's time in the near future the next few seasons where I imagine Nelson comes back. I'm not sure about Palmieri. I don't know about Lee at this point, um, but there's time in years from now, not this coming off season and not even the one after that. So I think to your point, they can't mail it in. They have to do something. Um, because right now, the who you would even want to sell off isn't worth that much, not as much as it means to your team. So now, that I, mean, I think is a little bit of the the issue that this team is going through.
1: Well, un- unfortunately, they're you know, and this is the decision they're going to have to make if it continues to go down this road. Their most valuable asset that they could sell is probably a guy named Brock Nelson. Two years left at a really reasonable cap hit who can score 30 to 40 goals. You know, you hate the thought of it, but other side of 30, you need some assets. That's a guy who can potentially retrieve you something pretty. Maybe even JG Pajot, you know, who, again. Oh, that one's an easier one, I think, for most people. Oh, it's for sure. It's easy. But other side of 30, um, he'll have you know, at this point, two years are left after this, this season. And, you know, by the time mm-hmm. they trade him, maybe it's only two and a half years that they're dealing with it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure it'll retrieve him that much. You know, not as much as Brock Nelson, certainly, but it's something to think about. Um, you know, they'll keep on to Noah Dobson. He's something, he's a, a, a solid piece to build around. He's playing really well. I think the, the same for Romanov. I don't, I don't see any reason why he can't stick. Um, But you're not trading Pollock. Pelican and Mayfield, no one's going to take those contracts. Um, and, and that's really it. Let's get to some questions. I, I agree on,
0: on all fronts there. We have a, we have a couple, I'll look through our Twitter just, just in case, um, some people were just asking rhetorical questions or just trying to be funny. Uh, so we won't go, um, we won't go into any of those. um, Michael Valdini. And I, don't, I don't know how serious this was. Um, I don't think I, I think I know the answer, um, but maybe just for the for the walls. Um, he asked circling back on Bailey. Do they take a flyer on him?
1: <laughs> you know, I hope they do and start winning that would be
0: hilarious. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the ideal situation. I don't. For purely don't, the chaos. For the chaos. I obviously don't think that that's an, an actual solution no. to anything. And if you're going to spend, and that, granted, you'd come back on like a super low deal. But they don't really even have that. And then it. So you're, you're saying about moving Holmstrom off the roster. You have to waive him. Um, or somebody else. And who cares if they get picked up? It's whatever. If you're, if you're picking up Bailey, who cares? Um, you'd let whoever go. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's, um, necessarily the answer. Um, we, we talked Tim Tim Roberts also asked if, if Lane is out, who replaces him? We, we touched on, on that a little bit. Um, any idea what,
1: again, a a Woodcroft to John Hines. I think those are, are good viable options. I don't know. I don't know if this is insane to suggest Darrell Sutter's out there.
0: I mean, that's a lot of structure, and... That's my point. Yeah, but that Calgary team was... I mean, they're still miserable, and they suck more than they did,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: they were unhappy with that man behind the bench. The, the The spark ran out real quick. Now he's turned teams around, and obviously one cups. God, that would be a Lamorella thing to do. Oh, it sure would. That'd be a real, unreal thing to do. And, uh, you know what? I honestly don't give a shit who it is. I just want it to f- fucking work. Right. They that's just, the they just need, I, I don't care if it's Sutter. I, I like, I have no opinion on any of these people that could come in if they win. If they lose that, that's it. I, I really, it's fucking irrelevant. I don't care what the style is. I don't care if they make them skate on their hands if if they're winning it doesn't matter they just need to figure that part out they need well, to be point, able to get more out of the process my point roster. to
1: you john is does sutter have the resume to make that happen
0: the 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 resume as of late i don't know
1: as a in in
0: as a whole i don't know because you can it really i think it really depends um ken holland right in edmonton Mm-hmm. He's got a great resume. Twenty years ago, uh, Mike Babcock has a great resume. Twenty years ago, it, what, this is a game of what have you done for me lately,
1: uh,
0: and Thanks. what have you done in general? And I don't has Sutter been able to keep the magic alive? Does he have the ability to have an influence? Now this is a more of a veteran team. It's not a lot of young young players. He could have the right impact. It really just depends if it connects. Right now, and what we're seeing with Lambert is that it's clearly not. Um, and it did with the trots for the most part. They weren't perfect, but it they, you know, and I and I think this is a little bit of rolls colored glasses. Let me know if you agree. We were just as frustrated at times seemingly just as frustrated with how the Ions were playing and how inconsistent they were and losing streaks and backing into the playoffs and all this other stuff and the way that they would lose some games but this is maybe it just feels like we were that frustrated it seems like a dream scenario to have trots behind the bench again to come to for this team to be who they used to be it seems seems like a fantasy compared to where they are now
1: yeah, I mean, if you ask me, that was the biggest change.
0: And I think um, I and mean, this is a perfectly good note to to end on as we as we kind of finish some some thoughts here. Um maybe it's not as low-hanging fruit as it seems, and actually is just the right thing to do. If that's the really the biggest change, because again the roster, yeah, okay, some players, whatever. It, it really wasn't a big deal, at least from the outside, maybe in the locker room it's very different. I imagine it is. but the biggest change overall is the coach and something is there there's a missing link. how everything is is gelling together rather it isn't gelling together um I, I your your point of like it's a 100 games. I think we know. what are you waiting for? What are you seeing that we're not seeing you made the playoffs like on accident, like you didn't want to. And you're like, ah, shit, we got to play five. We got to go play two, three games now. Like it's good for the owners. Good for the team making some money. Other than that, I think that gives them some false confidence. Now how they played in that series should have dispelled that immediately. They should have had no confidence, in fact, after that series. They should have known everything that they needed to do in that offseason immediately, right away. They played like horseshit compared to the Hurricanes. They looked dead in the water the entire time outside of six minutes in one game where they scored four goals. How do you not know? Again, a lot of that's on Lamorello, on giving Lambert... Or not giving Lambert the pieces, but the team—if the team really hasn't changed—I think that's it. I think that's a good point.
1: I mean, that's the—that's the greatest <laughs> common factor here, is that, or or least common denominator, whichever mathematical term you want to make this. Yeah, is not math guys here. The, the no, definitely not. I do words for a living, but. Um, you know the 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 real truth of the matter is that everything changed when it was the coach that changed not the the players because the players changed year over year there was different parts but up until lane it was the same success or similar success then Lane comes in and, and everything changed.
0: Well, when when Lane's the only voice, I imagine he was in those conversations. I don't think Trotz was just there, sure, as a dictator, um, but as the only voice and raising and prioritizing things that he believes should be prioritized. Yeah, we're we're seeing the 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 lack of fruit of the labor, and I. Part of it, and to circle back to how we started this conversation about their identity, is it doesn't seem like they're trying very hard. Like, the effort isn't there. I'm sure they're very tired afterwards, and there's effort and whatever, but not like it used to be. There's just, again, as we said, it's that urgency, it's that energy. Like, you you don't – you're not like, you know what, they really – God, 4-1, to one, it didn't feel like they lost 4-1. to one. It felt like a much better hockey game than that. I don't think I've said that about any of their losses. Hell, when they win, I'm like, how, other than the score, I don't know how, like, and that's every single game that they're winning. They've not, like, outright dominated in 15 games this season, or however many games they've played. And I haven't sat there and been like, they're they were the better hockey team. You're going to win when you're not, at times. That's perfectly fine. At all? You're not going to do that at all. That's a problem. You're going to win games like that 3 nothing or whatever it was against the, the Capitals. Fine. You were happy about that? They walked out of that rink saying, that's sustainable. That's who we are. I don't know. Barzell kind of disproved that by saying, I don't want to back into the playoffs anymore. I want us to be a dominant team. I want us to right. be in control. Is this that? Is this not a team in a little bit. They're not in control of anything.
1: Not even a little bit.
0: So I think this is going to be a long road trip. Some late nights here. <laughs> um we should probably just hit uh hit the stop record button now and catch up with everybody
1: next week. What do you think? Yeah, let's hope for a uh, more positive podcast.
0: Yeah, I mean, yes. I wanted to end on some positive things. We kind of just got into a very one-track episode here, um, and that's fine. It happens. Um, but yeah, crossing our fingers that we we come in next week. They've rebounded. They've they've rebounded a little bit. Um, they feel like they're making some progress. They get back into the the, the playoff conversation, um, and then it's Thanksgiving. We can all breathe for a second, at least for a day. Um, and then get right back to it. But, um, yeah, let's wrap it up here. Please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, threads, and YouTube at Nassim Hockey. Make sure to uh, follow along during games. I try to be as active as possible on Twitter. Um, I'm trying on other platforms. It's real hard to do every single one, um, especially during a game, but uh, definitely there on Twitter. Um, You can find James Work at our enemy, New Jersey hockey now, and the fourth period, we like. Even though they don't talk about the islands nearly as much, um, they ought to, because <laughs> perhaps it's going to be chaos, real soon. Uh, hopefully not. James, bring us home.
1: Till next time, get it together, Island.